Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome once again to the return of the uh, Brothers of Blood with Phil and Jay. I'm Phil with me, as uh, always, is Jay. Today we're talking about 1982's Creep Show. Jay, hello. Hello. And Sticking with the 80s. I like it. Sticking with the 80s. I think any podcast that uh, wants to spend some time in the horror genre will have to live for a significant period of time in the 80s. Because yeah, speaking yeah. of 1982, just to put it into a context, that year also saw Poltergeist, Halloween 3, The Thing, Friday the 13th Part 3. Just off the, the very top, that year alone saw those all pretty masterpiece uh, level of horror movies. Maybe They're not Halloween there's a lot there. I mean, Poltergeist is easily one of my favorites. Scares the shit out of me when I watch it. Uh, it's got some heavy competition for sure. Yeah. It's just, uh, I just happened to look it up and I just thought, holy shit, 1982. Yeah, there's a thing. So I think, as I said, uh, we're going to probably be spending uh, more than uh, a usual amount of time here in the 1980s. Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't hurt that, you know, it is my favorite decade. So I'm happy to live in here for a little while. <laughs> uh yeah yeah it's uh it's a good decade for horror anyway um you know uh i'm i'm pleased to to spend some time uh so yes today we've got creep show uh what are your uh memories or uh, initial thoughts having uh, watched it how long ago had it been uh since you've seen it uh, talk to me it's it's been a while i mean i i this is again much like last last uh Last episode's uh, Return of the Living Dead. This is this is one that I've I've seen in its day, and so I very little of it was was a surprise. Uh, I did notice more details this time. I'll, I'll tell you, it was interesting with this one because um, whereas Return of the Living Dead, I I kind of always feel like it it was the same reaction. This movie, um, when I was a kid, struck me way more as a horror movie, whereas now it strikes me more as a comedic horror movie. The more almost as, as a comedy in some ways. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I, uh, you'll have to elaborate on that a little bit. I, I, uh, I had uh, some different takes of some of these scenes, uh, some of these uh, segments. Um, so that'll be interesting to kind of dig into. Absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, there's definitely, um, uh, it, it is a bit uneven. Uh, you know, as a kid, I remember all of it. Um, mm. Uh, uh, the aesthetic, especially the comic book thing. I was really into comic books. I was into horror magazines and and, and all of that. Right around. So all of that, you know, at that time, I was really into it. Whereas now, I'm kind of, you know, you can see this the the oh, okay, well, maybe didn't and and, and you know, there's a lot more. I, I went into this one a little more critically than I probably would have. Sure, that's fair. Considering we're doing a bit of a a, a, a critical uh, uh, podcast here, it's good to have that eye attached to it. Uh, I'll say, uh, you know, my memories of this movie are, are a bit similar in that I remember seeing it pretty young, at a pretty young age, and uh, loving everything about it. I mean, even uh, uh, going over to a friend of mine's place, and he had the creep show kind of comic book that uh, they'd put out uh, soon around that time. And I remember just being enthralled of it. So this is a movie that, uh, that I had very, very, very fond memories of. I think it's probably been uh, maybe a decade, maybe a little less uh, since I have seen it. And uh, I kind of, uh, at first 
first thought was I couldn't believe it was two hours. Uh, for some reason, I, I kind of have a recollection of it being, or maybe had no recollection of it being that long. And I suppose if you're trying to tell five different stories, it would have to be. Um, See, that's, that was actually surprised to me as well when i saw the running time at the beginning when i first started it i thought wow did i really did i really think that it like that did i know that it was that long i i really felt like it was shorter and uh i <laughs> i definitely feel like it could be uh yes. um, <laughs> yeah yeah i'll give you that <laughs> that's uh that's a thought i had as well i i thought uh as i was watching it thinking you know this probably could be a little shorter so i'm certainly uh some room to improve. Now, what are your general thoughts of uh, anthologies in general uh, uh, with regards to certainly in, in terms of movies? I mean, we were both pretty big fans of, uh, you know, the tales from the dark side television series, certainly. And uh, absolutely. And uh, over the years, but yeah, the, uh, cat's eye, you know, uh, I, I'm a big fan of anthology uh, horror. I've always been, uh, I've always been a Stephen King fan in my life, so so uh, uh, you know, obviously, I gravitate towards a lot of his work. Obviously, Creepshow he wrote, uh, I believe it was his first screenplay, and uh, his uh, short story collections were always my favorite. Um, novels are great. I mean, it's still one of my favorite books of all time, but. Um, the short stories, the, the the sort of in and out. I like the you know the, the fact that it it doesn't need a lot of setup. It's like here's the that's happening. You're just kind of taking a little slice of this action and seeing it it out. And and I really uh, so I always dug uh, the short. The idea of having, uh, Stephen King basically writing a short story, you know, movie uh, compilation was was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I always uh i've always been a fan of that kind of uh storytelling because you know some some movies are just too long and, and some stories don't need a lot uh you know uh, i like i like that you can tell a complete story in, in a half hour segment yeah i kind of thought the same i i was thinking around how this one and and my thoughts around uh, my memories anyway it's been a long long time but tales from the dark side of the movie uh i think as, as a comparator of the two, particularly because of the, maybe the Romero collect connection as well as uh, this anthology bit. Um, but my memories of, of Dark Side aren't nearly as positive as they are of this movie. And uh, I wonder, you know, and, and we'll kind of get into, I think we'll probably just kind of go story by story. It probably simplifies the, 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 the aspect. But at first, my initial thoughts are, you know, there's some of these stories, I think that either A could have been a little longer, in some cases could have been a little shorter, um, but I think one of the challenges is, um, you know, you don't have the time to really kind of connect as it were, uh, to some of these characters or maybe the, the, just a storytelling point. But, um, so I, I find that the anthology, if you're trying to cram, let's say five movies, and I think they tried to rectify this a little bit with part two, where they sort of went, well, we're only going to tell three stories, you know? Um, I think that had a little more to do with budget as well. Also, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but I, I think Dark Side is also a fewer stories. I was just, as I was kind of entering this one, I thought uh, a couple of things struck me. And the first was I was surprised uh, that there were five stories. Uh, as I kind of, if, you know, if you had asked me to rhyme them off, I probably would have known. But I, I think I just sort of blanked and just pressed play and kind of ran with it. Um, but I was a little bit surprised there were five stories. And um, and again, surprised a little bit at, at the length. So, um 
He's you know, really sick if you count the wraparound as well. That's true, right? Yeah. And so anyway, I just and the wraparound I seem to have recalled being, frankly, a, a lot longer uh, in my memories. Uh, and yet uh, it, it isn't very long at all. Um, certainly that, that first one. No, I agree with that. So I think uh, we should probably just sort of maybe start at the wraparound. Uh, and, uh, and it opens with, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> this, the outside looks like a miniature. I don't know. If, my thought initially looking at that house was like, this looks like a miniature. There's nothing. It's it, so it, pristine. It, it, it looked like a toy house. Uh, uh, but I don't know that it was. Um, <laughs> it, anyway, it, it, Tom it, it, Atkins it, it, being pretty pissed off is like, uh, you know, I have here like uh, father of the year. It's funny seeing Tom Atkins because um, uh, I had started my the first it's kind of interesting in this movie because the first horror movie I really watched was The Fog, and Tom Atkins is in that as well as Adrian Barbeau. Um, yep, that's true. Paul Holbrook, I believe, was in that as well. He was, yeah, yeah. So I'm seeing all of these people, and you know, and I was very young when I saw that as well because our parents were very irresponsible. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I remember kind of getting the concept of, of acting, you know, in, in kind of by watching these guys in these different movies, because Adrian Barbeau it, it plays, you know, basically the hero of the fog and is a real bitch in this movie. So <laughs> okay, that, that's how that works. I see. But uh, so seeing Tom Atkins right off the top, I was I was always uh, always happy to see him. I, it's kind of a little. You know, you always almost kind of expect him in a bigger role. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that, too, because I would say that, uh, you know, again, it's only in hindsight. I would say, you know, if I watch this again, single digits age, uh, I wouldn't necessarily have put that together as like, well, this is the star, you know, but certainly in years since watching him in in, uh, you know, Night of the Creeps, he's he's great in and obviously he shows up in in, in uh, Halloween three as well, which yeah. uh, uh, came out the same year. Um, and then later on in, in stuff like Lethal Weapon, right? Like uh, he's a guy that uh, obviously has the, the, the fog and, and, and so on. So he's a guy that is sort of unanimous, synonymous with the sort of genre uh, movies. And he's sort of been around for a long time. But I would say at the time, you know, he's just an asshole dad to me. Uh, but yeah. it's interesting that sort of face did just kind of keep popping popping up. Um, yeah. And I, I feel the same with... Uh, with the fog, you know, that's a movie that I don't remember in relationship to this movie when I watched it. But uh, it is interesting. This sort of carpenter troupe uh, shows up with Romero, right. and I do think it sort of lends a, a, a an image to the reality that this sort of horror genre, particularly in the in the early to mid '80s, uh, is a pretty tight knit team. It, it seems, you know, if you're in one movie, you're sort of in a lot. Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, was in like six of these. You know, some exactly. with Carpenter, and then with like you know. Uh, uh, shows up on like uh, terror train or something, right? Like these sort of yeah. other movies here and there. So but some might call that typecasting. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that that would be, although uh, it seems that Atkins is, is, is really comfortable in that, in that, in that spot. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But yeah, the, uh, and, and actually something that I, I kind of learned afterwards uh, that I don't think I ever put together was that uh, Billy, the, the little boy is that Stephen King's son. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that until I did a little bit of research here. Yeah, and I thought, I, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I had never, I don't think I'd ever known that before. I think what's interesting is if you ever looked up, because now he kind of goes by Joe Hill rather than Joe yeah. King. Yeah. But if you ever look at a photo of him or watch an interview with him, 
there is absolutely zero denying that this person is Stephen King's child. Is, is uh, related. Oh, yeah. Seeing pictures of them next to each other are quite, it's like a time warp. It's like you're watching a, a before and after, you know, picture happening in real time. Well, I think, like, I just think back to, like, a dust jacket photo of something exactly. from, like, Salem's Lot from the 70s and then watching and then yeah. seeing this kid's face now. I'm like, that's that's the same dude. It's the same dude. Exactly. It's pretty impressive. Surprise. So that, what you're going to look like. <laughs> that's right. He's poor bastard. Uh, he better <laughs> stop. He better stay where he is. Hope you like this because this is what's in your future. This is as good as it's going to get for you. Um, so, yeah. So that wraparound really just introduces even just the concept of the, the creep show kind of comic book. Uh, there's not much to it beyond uh, uh, just introduction of, and again, as a young kid watching this movie, it's like, uh, you know, we had our own irresponsible parents that allowed me to, and you to a certain extent, having these kind of comic books or this kind of uh, 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 love of horror and so forth. Um, yeah. This guy's having none of it. But the, the, no, kids, not a fan. <laughs> the kids' performance, I thought, and like the, the it's all like kind of over the top, right? It's that 50s sort yeah. of aesthetic, it seems, with just sort of like this mom trying to get a word in edgewise and that's why god created fathers right like very macho sort of uh great yeah it's a great line too right ready to be yeah yeah i'm gonna set the stage and plus it sets the stage for the first segment which is also nice absolutely right so exactly you're setting up fathers and therefore that leads us directly into uh father's day and as it is uh june uh uh at the time of this recording uh it's appropriate uh, so the first one, yeah, the first uh, is Father's Day. This was a, uh, this was one that I think in the end, I for myself, uh, I would say dropped a peg or two. Uh, my memories of this story are, or were very positive, very fond, very fun. Uh, uh, you know, finding the humor and the where's my cake, and you know, I have very, I had very good memories of this movie or this segment. And then in watching it, uh, I found it pretty bland. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are initially, and we'll kind of dig into more specifics. Uh, I mean, I have a warm spot in my heart for this for this segment. Uh, I love the "I want my cake." Uh, the whole, the whole. I mean, everything about it. It's very comic booky. Uh, there's a lot of the panels. That's where you see a lot of the, you know, the driving through one panel that you see from the other way. And uh, like, I really enjoy all of that aesthetic. But you're right. There is there is a lot of period of time where you're just like okay uh so what's you know <laughs> let's let's go um i do have to point out of course ed harris uh in what yes. has to be one of his first roles uh i don't know if he was told to dance like that <laughs> but, but it is one of the most ridiculous things and this is why you know i i say that i kind of see this more as a humorous thing back then i didn't maybe think of it as funny whereas now I can't watch that without, without just immediately uh, getting into laughter. Yeah, I think uh, I think this one definitely has a sense of comedy to it for sure. I think the the uh, the characterizations of the the nephew, right, and then and 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 certainly Ed Harris and like sort of the exaggerated tones. I do think there's a camp level to it. Uh, oh, on to your previous great. to your previous point, though, I will say that yes, in terms of setting and aesthetic. Uh, for the type of movie we're going to watch, uh, certainly from a visual perspective, I think it this particular segment I think is phenomenal uh, with regards to that. I think the use of the colors are fantastic. 
I think the the panels, as you say, are a nice touch. You do get the sense of like, oh, this is the kind of movie we're watching, you know. And yeah. and years and years and years later, you know, uh, in like 2004 or so, when Ang Lee makes the Hulk, right? Those are all designed around panels as well, right? The the, the aesthetic of that movie is an attempt to sort of mimic uh, that of a comic book. So I think it is uh, uh, revolutionary to a certain extent, and, and certainly uh, uh, a pleasing way to kind of tell the story. I just was sort of I sort of felt like what a strange intro to this particular story as to your first um, your first uh, segment because uh, I thought it was pretty kind of dry and and uh, and it kind of languid a little bit. Um, it takes a while to get going. Sure. Yeah, and I just kind of thought that what, that's up. interesting to sort of start your movie up. like that. They set up all of these characters, you know, like, uh, and again, you know, the, the, the sort of the short story uh, idea of it, they're setting up these characters and the backstory and everything else, but, you know, it's, it's kind of gets, gets in the way of getting to the meat of it. Like, we, that's nice and all, and I'm glad that we see that and you get the idea of who these people are, but, you know, that's kind of not what we're here for. Let's get to it, you know, like, move it along. Although I have to say, the whole dead thing... Uh, <laughs> They're putting the cigarette out. The old woman wishes, don't let go, and she's putting it out as they were repeating yes. it at the end. In time, it's just—I mean, there's so many funny moments that, like I said, it kind of undermines. I think if you're looking at this as a pure horror movie, you kind of—you can't sort of—I mean, it really gives comic book feel, which is why I think it's a great opening. Yeah, I, that you're kind of bringing me around a little bit on that. I do—I do think, as I said, when I watched it, it left me feeling like. Uh, uh, it just wasn't a, a very dynamic way to start a movie. But if, no, uh, if you're looking sure. at it as a, as just an opening act, let's say, I mean, it is sort of maybe setting a, a, a tone, even if uh, it in itself in the end isn't uh, quite as, as sort of fulfilling. <laughs> you know, I remember the Bedelia stuff. I just thought, I remember my memories were that it was just more to it. You know, I remember the dancing. I remember the stuff, but like the, the ant uh, telling the story. You know, is so yeah. is delivering it with such you know austerity and such. But I remember just thinking like this is just stopped dead to me, right? Yeah. And then like the Bedelia stuff at the grave, I thought was actually going to be. I thought that was. I thought there was more to it, and there really isn't even much there. You know, my uh, question is also, you know, is like uh, she's. This has obviously happened every year though, for a while. Yes. So what's changed? Like, uh, was he just waiting yeah. for some whiskey? Is that what she? now now i'm ready to party you kind of get that impression right i mean that is sort of it she says in her in her speech that there's seven years that she's been doing it and like clockwork she comes up she arrives exactly. at six she spends an hour at the grave she comes back so yeah to that point there's also a bit of maybe it's ed harris that causes it because she says, you know, every year it's the three of us. Oh, wait, no, oh, the three right. of us. Yeah, I never thought about that. Maybe he brought this along. I did notice, though, uh, again, uh, these are, this is kind of some of the weird things that you notice. Do you notice that, like, for some reason he was given a superpower where he the object, apparently? Why yes. focus on this? He's lighting matches all over the place, but never, you know, never in the proper way. He's always just... <laughs> Richard, like what <laughs> fucking weird character? Yeah. <laughs> I have, it, I have, I have in my in my notes here. Uh, this is the peak of uh, strike anywhere matches. I, I don't know that there's ever been a better match movie, <laughs> a, a, a licensing deal or something. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, so that's the thing. I was kind of surprised that it, it, it moved uh, to the, and then it wraps up very quickly, right? Like it kind yeah, of have. Once you, get to the, once you get to the meat of it, uh, you know, once the uh, the corpse makes the appearance, which by the way, that that uh, the music uh, with the, the hand. Oh man, that still yes. is a great, great fucking moment. Yeah, I thought the score in this particular segment was very effective. I thought it was really great. And I thought, again, really great use of the lighting. I thought the makeup effect on the the corpse, uh, I thought was really good. And uh, again, I love the panel stuff. Uh, I love the the lighting when she's doing the cake. And yeah, the, sort of you only get the... Yeah, absolutely. Every time the you window, get that, that sting and the lights yeah. change and yeah, and it gets real comic booky. beautiful. Like the extreme yeah. close-ups and the... You know, the, the, it's just fantastic. Yeah, I think actually this 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 one, even though I didn't necessarily love the segment as a whole, I do think this is probably the best use of the artistic choices of a comic book. I do think that this one sort of maximizes or has the most, uh, gets the most uh, value out of that. Certainly one of the best payoffs, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love that too. You know, and I think it's, I think it's great. Uh, there's, there's so much... Um, a really good stuff in that. Um, I think there is, um, as I said, I itself up very quickly, uh, uh, but there is no, there is no, uh, nothing better really in this movie or nothing more resonant to me, I suppose, over all of these years uh, than uh, it's Father's Day, I want my cake. Yeah, uh, I want it. It's mine. Uh, what he's tackling that after he killed Ed Harris, just walking off is, is just great. I mean, but again, I laugh when I hear that. You know, it doesn't, it no longer, it, it, like as a kid, it horrified me because it's, it's a corpse and you know, yeah. very uh, uh, terrifying looking. But but those lines now, it's just so single-minded and wanting his cake. It, it, it's very, like, like looking at it now, it's it's hard to imagine finding that frightening. Um, yes. But, but enjoyable, very enjoyable. Yeah, I think I think that's the I think that's true. Again, we've used that line as a comment as as it, you know in terms of obviously yeah. funniness uh, over these last thirty years. So I do think that uh, that that does paint it, and uh, it is a bit almost silly listening to that. You know, in the end of yeah. the day. Um, so moving from there, the next segment. Unless you have any final thoughts on 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 no, uh, no on Father's on. Day. So the next segment, when I I think is anything. What I this is the one actually that I found I had the the most um, uh, difficulty reconciling my previous opinions of it and the current ones because I think when I was a kid I loved this one uh, the uh, the lonesome death of Jody Verrill uh, I thought this was one of my favorites uh, when I was younger um, visually I thought it was great and I liked the the sort of the ending and I remember. The, the creepy doctor, I remember being the intro on First Choice Super Channel, if you recall. Um, you know, that, that chair sliding at that 45-degree angle. So I had such real memories of really loving this. And what I think now is it's, uh, it is played, in, in, we were talking about before, I think this one is, is far too much played for laughs. And this is actually... Uh, an incredibly sad, almost beautiful little story from my, like in this recent viewing. I wish that Stephen King was not in it because I think if a real actor had been in it, 
there's real potential in this in this sort of 30 minute segment. I don't know what your what your initial thoughts are. Um, I, I almost agree completely. Um, the this is one of the the, the few uh, stories here that was actually adapted from one of already, and um, the the idea it's it, it is very silly. Um, everything the kid, I do remember enjoying it, and I do remember finding finding the whole idea of being taken over needs and, 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 you know, becoming a plant and as horrifying. And it still is. There's a moment in this where you kind of realize, where he realizes what's, what's happening. Uh, and, and, you know, it's like, Oh, <laughs> you know, he, he, oh, he gets it. And, and it's kind of a little sad, but, but in general, it just doesn't need to happen like this. If they were going to cut one, uh, you know, ha- unfortunately this, this would be the one I would choose. Um, it's 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 played too much for laughs. Uh, uh, it's again, this is where this one was more funny than 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 horror for me. I had I had my thought around it is what I wish it would be is I wish it were cut, and I wish it were made into a longer movie with a better actor because I yeah, think no, that absolutely. the silliness to me is and maybe it's just getting older. But when I was a kid, I think I enjoyed the silliness. Meteor shit, right? And like yeah, the sort of. It's just hit makes me laugh, but it, it again, it's it it's a it's a laugh in that it's a laugh in a movie in, in a segment that that if taken seriously would have been horrifying. I yeah. want to see what happens after. Yeah, you know, because you see that you know the things are spreading. That's the big the yeah. last panel. That's yeah. what I want to see. Yeah, and I agree. I think that could have been uh, more on its own. I think with, with, from seriously. I think for me, like, again, if, if, if you have anyone but King in there, right, with his bug eyes and, like, his real over, you know, uh, expressions, there are scenes in that, you know, obviously, where the getting taken over, right? You look at something like maybe The Fly, you know, or, 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 or um, these sort of body horror kind of Cronenbergian uh, types of things, you know, like a naked lunch event or what have you. There is, or frankly, even something like RoboCop. Right. Like there's there's room for this sort of pathos. There's room for this real sadness for what is being lost. You know, the loss of humanity or the loss of of of, of uh, you know, your own essence, as it were. Right. And yeah. and, and, and watching this scene uh, this time, maybe again at this age, I was disappointed that it was played for such last because I think there is room in this for general uh, terror. Right. Like room for, yeah. oh, my God, what's happening to me? Right, the resonance of that—they touch on it very, very briefly when, yeah. uh, when, when with his dad when he has the vision. And I think it's interesting that all of the sort of the, the doctor—it's the same actor. So it's like this is yeah. clearly some sort of uh, there is some sort of pathology here uh, in some ways. But they do touch on that when he's about to jump in the water, right into the bathtub, and things are obviously yeah. getting a little bit out of control, and he's kind of wondering what's up, and it's itching, and it's getting to him, and. He has a moment and that line that says, like, well, I'm already a goner, Daddy. Right? And exactly. and it's it's the only That's, line yeah. that he delivers with any level of like quality, let's say. Yeah. And that's the moment. That's like that's when he realizes, well, I this isn't like I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that for me is the only real, you know, high point of this of this of this segment is is uh it just and like I said, it's just it just comes off as too much comedy. Yeah, um, that's disappointing. Yeah. And I think even the ending, when you get to that ending as well, 
you know, it's soon after because I find this one is also feels like it's a very short segment um, uh, that I would have liked a little more time with. But even getting to the end where he's got the, the, the voice and he's sort of, you know, just this once, let me have good luck, right? It's almost like, again, I'm looking at this thinking, I want to watch a movie of Jordy Verrill. Like, I want, I want the full story, right? I want the bad luck. I want the, you know, maybe not yeah. uh, a two-hour movie, right? But I think there's room in this to really give me a character and a story. And as to your point, I think the interesting thing about the panel and the news, you know, we referenced, uh, obviously, we watched uh, Return of the Living Dead last time. Uh, this kind of gives you the same type of um, of ending a, lo- a little bit, right? Because there's the news the radio that sort of says, well, the rain's going to come and it's going to be raining, you know, all over all over town, right? And, and we see what happens. Green and yeah. And so we see exactly what, what the water in the tub has done for this little neighborhood, right? You can only imagine what rain is going to, you know, going to spread it even longer and wider. It's going to take over the world, right? And I think there's a... Um, anyway, I just thought this 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 one I remembered when I was a kid, really liking it for different reasons. And now, it, it though it, it feels like it sticks out a bit like a sore thumb, and I would actually rather it be its own because this one also has a very silly score. It's a lot of like uh, hijinks, right? It just it just yep. doesn't. It seems to be incongruous to me in a way that I never noticed before or no or cared. It doesn't quite fit in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even fit within itself. I think it's also at odds with itself uh, at times. Um, yeah, but when he's ready to, to to do the Dutch and he's ready to, you know, uh, uh, to finish it off uh, and just that begging and pleading for it to be okay, uh, I just think like this is a story that's worth telling in a in a different way, in a better way. Yeah, absolutely. And from there, again, ending with that beautiful panel, I really dig. Um, we go to uh, something to tide you over <laughs> with another. Yeah, I love this, this segment. This is a great segment from top to bottom. Another one we're casting just, uh, you know, it's crazy what the world in 1982 looks like, where you've got Leslie Nielsen playing the bad guy. Playing the villain, exactly. And he plays and a wonderful villain. He is he, so, he's such an asshole in this in this movie, or in this yeah. segment. It's 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 so great. And especially since I knew him mostly from Airplane. And of course, uh, I couldn't. There's two, two more different performances you'll never find. Like just fantastic. Absolutely, and it's shocking to me again. I think again, I'm not sure exactly when I would have seen this movie specifically, but Naked Gun I think was '88. Yeah. Uh, uh, Airplane '80, right? So I would have seen at least one of those movies, if not both, by the time this thing shows around. And you know, he's a character actor that you know historically had been a bit of a villain. But I never exactly. knew him as that early, right? It's a Drebin. Well, and that's it, the thing is when I when I had heard that Leslie Nissen then actually played that, this was basically my reference. It was oh, okay, sure. well I could see how he how he would because Absolutely. he fucking plays an amazing asshole. He's maniacal and gleefully he's, so, he's and laughing. there's a twinkle. He's laughing as Ted Danson's character is trying. Like I don't want to jump ahead, but he's literally chuckling, like he's watching it. Yeah. He's collecting these, like he's a, he's a serious psychopath. It's yeah, really cool. legit. And he even cops to it, even you know, even mentions it. He's like, you know, uh, I'm not even saying on the on the jeep over, right? He's like, I'm not saying when it comes yeah. to things that are mine, right, or something exactly. like that. And you're like, yeah. oh, and that's a bit of a throwaway line. Exactly, it's but a, you don't realize what's coming at that point, and then you go, "Oh shit, he's you no, know, he's right." Yeah, 
And I think this one, and it's also, you know, we, we certainly have to spend a minute or two on, on uh, Ted Danson. This is, I believe, just before Cheers. Full head of hair, Ted Danson. Sorry? Full head of hair, Ted Oh, yeah. That's right. No bald spot to be found. <laughs> no bald spot. Uh, gorgeous hair. Uh, and he's just great in it. I, I am so uh, delighted by, especially since I'd watched Jordy thinking this should be, could be better. Uh, I watched this one and felt like, no, this is perfect. This is, uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> casting is great. Watching those two play off. I think it's great. I think that the setup, I think that it, while the first segment felt, again, for me, that it took too long to get started and sort of ended too quickly, right? Like the payoff wasn't uh, wasn't what it could be, right? Build up, build up, build up. The guy's there, kill, kill, it's over. You know, it even ends the first panel on that, well, the first segment, sorry, on that panel, you don't even get to see the other two get murdered, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's it a bit of a letdown on that score. Yeah. But this one, I find all of the pacing is perfect. It takes that long to sort of set it up because it needs to. And the payoff, you, you get actually two, right? You get almost two payoffs in this. You know, you get the payoff of Danson and, and the girl, and then you get the follow-up payoff for Leslie Nielsen's character. So I, I think this one, I think, is probably uh, just my favorite representation of what this type of story is, because I think a longer version of this story isn't that interesting. No. Uh, to be honest, this is I noted that this was the, the first really scary story. You know, um, like I said, the first one had that, you know, the kind of zombie dead yeah. kind of campy kind of situation but this is the first one where you're you kind of realize along with Danson's character what's going on like you're almost like oh no now I see what's happening and you're learning that as he's learning it and uh and I think that's fantastic I think the the whole uh you know they don't need to sp- set up the story a lot you get it right away uh he's fucking his wife and they're going to yep. run off together. And he found out. And that's it. That's all you need to know. Uh, and Leslie Nielsen's crazy. That's it. And it's a beautiful, very simple setup. And uh, what a you know diabolical idea. Uh, I love the idea of burying them uh, uh, for the time to come in and drown them. What a, what a fantastic. But that's so evil, especially that you're filming it and you're letting him watch her yeah. <laughs> you know, expire before him. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that it's it's so there's so uh, malicious, you know, and a malevolence to it that is uh, it's really astonishing, right? Like the 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 sadistic nature of that, right? And he sort of sets himself up as a pretty affable guy, right? You should check this uh, equipment, you know, blah blah blah. And then Ted is like, well, okay, you found out, so on and so forth. So I agree, it does set it up immediately. There isn't any fat on the story itself or the reason, right? The raison d'être, right? Like for yeah. uh, for all of the activities, but it uh, so it gets right into it, and you don't really know what is coming, right? I think what's what what is interesting is like, okay, you know that there's some tension building, something is up. But it takes a very long time, what feels like a long time, to really deliver what that is. And even when you find it out, it's not. It continues to get topped, right? So it's like driving yeah. out to the beach as an audience. We're like, oh, shit, what's happening at the beach? Oh, no, right? Like, yeah. this could get bad. And then you see a big hole. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay, this is what we're dealing with. And then it's not the hole. It's also 
here's a TV to watch. Yeah. To watch. Yeah, and there's something, there? yeah. and there's something goddamn terrifying around the uh, desolation and the isolation, yeah. as he says himself, right? Hey, I'm on, you know, this is like Conscience Bay or whatever it is. I own it all. Yeah. I love what he says. I'll help you. Help. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's so good uh, and so scary, right? Because you realize this man is, is nuts and there's absolutely zero help coming. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that and, is a brilliant trope. And you're, and you're incapacitated. You, you've now and, put to where you can't move. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, and I, and I love the idea that, you know, just in case you didn't realize that, as Leslie sorry, describes it, you know, you can't, can't get any leverage. And so you yes, know sir. it's coming. And then, but yep. again, it slowly dawns on you. And, you know, watching, and again, to call out, you know, Ted Danson's performance, when yeah. the, there's a moment when he looks out and he sees and the water coming in and his eyes are, he says, oh my God, because he realizes, yeah, oh, this I have, I, I'm, I have no way out of this. Like, this yep. is it. This is going to happen. And I can't do this anything. Is, this is the fucking moon. This is, you know, this, the tide is coming in. There's nothing yep. to stop. Um, there's nothing, and I, there's nothing I can do. This is, this is precursor to saw type of shit, you know, where it's like a torture technique, right? Where exactly. it's like, what's an inventive way to kill somebody? And you don't do that if you want it quick and easy, right? He could have shot him. But no, no, it's about pain and suffering. Right. And there's yeah. something really uh, uh, scary about that. And again, you add the element of now you're watching your loved one do the same. Oh, and yeah, exactly. And and you're further up the beach. So you're go, you're going second. So you're yes. going to watch her expire. Watch well, of course, until the TV shorts out, which yes. is, again, another very cool. Like when that because, you know, it's coming. So then yep. when you see it happen, you're like, oh, shit, now you know it's, it's now reaching the serious point. That's it. It's only a matter of time, right? It's going to yeah. keep escalating. So I thought that was great. And I think it's a nice little treat. I love, uh, as I think I've mentioned over the years, I love the last shot of dancing underwater because it's a hard cut, right? And yeah. Just as soon as that last rush over him, it's a hard yeah. cut to him, hairs up, he's just floating, and he's like, <laughs> you know, struggling to hold his breath, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a great scene. It's a great visual, and again, it, it's scary, right? And so, if that ended, especially considering how the last couple of panels have ended or segments have ended, you think almost, well, that's the ending, almost. Yeah, you know, like and that in and of itself looks like a comic book panel. And, and in in a way, and I know that I'm probably going to get a little pushback on this, and I'll explain what I mean. In a way, I kind of almost wish it had. Um, I I feel the same way. Um, I don't mind. The, I, I mean, I like the ending as it is. I like the idea that they, they come back for him. It certainly fits in this movie. Fits in, yeah. the, you know, the, they just take a too long. Too to long. Get there. Yep. Um, you see, and you see too much. By the time he opens the door, I knew what it was going to look like. Yeah. Um, and and I kind of like you can figure that out already because you know yeah. the, and everything else, but you can see the reflections of the seaweed, and you can see. So there's no yeah. mystery. Like, you know you're expecting it already, but, yeah. and, and plus, they're the fucking slowest zombies I think I've ever seen. They take That's forever. Right. And here's the other thing. Leslie Nielsen does not look surprised. No. You know, not like enough. Not surprised to, enough. Yeah, for dead corpses that are fucking yeah. coming back to, obviously coming back to life, they're all, 
Um, yeah. You don't look shocked. Like, has this happened? I know you've done this before. You have the tapes, but has this happened before? Like, yeah, is this the usual this. cycle? Yeah. <laughs> and he just you know, probably kind of shoots them, and he's like, oh, that didn't work. And he's like, okay. Yeah. And he never really runs. I'm like, dude, no. they took forever. Yeah. Here. And then, of course, they learned the telepathic uh, teleporting powers, and all of a sudden, could teleport through doors. Yes. <laughs> but still, it's gifted. It's it's a gift. You know that. You seem to give a shit too much, and and so I kind of it just kind of broke realism at that point. Not that zombies are real, but but I just was like, I think there should have been a more reaction. Uh, yeah, they could have. I think they could have tightened up that bottom, uh, that that bottom half of that movie I, or that segment. Sorry, I think that I agree. There's too much. I'm okay with some tension, right? I think it just dragged yeah. on a little bit too long. That exactly. first half is so tense and so cool. But yeah, cutting to the surveillance equipment, I think is is a good, nice touch. I'm kind of into it, and then maybe some uh, trail of water you're kind of seeing here and there. But you don't need six minutes of it. Fogged it up a little more, so you just see exactly. shadows. But it's just yeah, like things like that they, for sure. Yeah, they, it just it kind of telegraphed what it was going to look like. So I wasn't yeah. quite as 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 blown away when the. But I love the idea of the ending. I love the and I love the last panel with this. It's such uh, a great I, panel. I love how defiant he is. You know, when he and, and he's I can hold my breath for a long time, and then the water hits him, and he goes, yeah. "If that's face, it's like oh, <laughs> yeah." And that's exactly, I, I think that that's a great face. It's a great panel. Uh, and I also will say that I love the makeup on the seaweed creatures. Oh, yeah. Uh, I oh, do think you see it good. too much of it, but I, I do, I think that that's, uh, I really like the aesthetic. I like the bullet hole leading into just blood kind of coming out or water, sorry, kind of dripping out. So like the effect I thought was good. But yeah, I agree. It, it should be tightened up a little bit. Uh, it, it, it leaves it a little too long and a little too obvious. Um, but yeah. I think overall, um, that segment is probably still the probably my my standout certainly so far. Probably the overall my probably my favorite overall as far as just completeness. But yeah. anyway, we we could certainly certainly because now we're going under the stairs. Yes. So the next is to uh, uh, probably one of the more memorable uh, segments. I suspect uh, uh, again mostly again in part because of its humor. Uh, the crate. Uh, this one is with uh, Adrian Barbeau, which we mentioned earlier, and Hal Holbrook is the sort of two leads. Um, talk to me about this one. What, do you, what, do you, what are your initial thoughts on this? Well, you know, I love the crate. Uh, and again, um, uh, this is, I believe, the longest segment. Um, and I think that that kind of works a little bit detriment. I think there's a little too much time spent on. I think it definitely could have lost about 10 minutes. Um, there are things that really didn't need to, to like, like I'm, you know, taking every crate. We get it. You're taking, you know, you're opening. <laughs> this. You have to show every shot of every nail that everyone is hard to get out. You know, um, there's, there's a lot of uh, fat vegan trips, but I, I love the story. I love, I love the characters because they're all flawed. Um, you know, uh, for for how Holbrook. With his, you know, bitch wife, uh, but at the same, yeah. you, you, you're like, oh well, he's not quite the nice guy. <laughs> he's using obviously this as an opportunity, and you know, the the, the they've implied that the, you know the the professor's kind of you know makes his moves on younger women. So I, I like the fact that everyone's kind of faulty. Um, yeah, I love the creature. Uh, I love you know it's it's again this is a proper kind of this is like the blood 
uh, episode. This is the the segment yes. where you know things are going to get bloody. You know, it's a little more it's a little more of a direct you know uh, kind of an homage to you know the, the creature movies. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of it. I just think, like I said, that it could have been just some of the fat trimmed a little bit. I love the score uh, in this segment, the piano score. Um, uh, yeah, I think, uh, 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 you know, just call her Billy. Everyone does is, is a great, it's a great little, she got, and then, you know, which is paid off uh, hilariously, uh, with Hall Holbrook later when, when she's being eaten, he's like, I'll just get her to call her Billy. Yeah. Great line. But, uh, this one, the humor for, I, I think kind of works for it though. Uh, I don't know why, but you know, the segments are great. Um, you know, that's, uh, I love those, you know, you get a little surprise where, uh, you know, you get to watch Holbrook uh, <laughs> murder his wife. It's great. I what? think it's a lot of fun. Two times. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I really like this uh, this segment. I think historically I've, I've not enjoyed it as much. I think it, because I did feel it was still too long, uh, generally. I thought it kind of maybe dragged the previous times I've seen it. This time uh, I liked it a little better. It, I thought it was, uh, again, maybe it's just my critical eyes. Uh, but I, I'm impressed by some of the performances. You know, uh, I think about the terror on, uh, you know, Dex's face and, and that whole experience after the janitor and so forth. I do think that there's, you know, real acting kind of happening. And that's not something that's really common in horror movies in general. Um, but it goes a long way. So watching him oh, he, and that sort of... Yeah. When he was the, hysterical, the, that, that's a fantastic yeah. performance. It's so good. The frantic and just terrified and unsure yeah. and un... All of a sudden, something funny occurs to him, and he laughs maniacally. Yeah, you know, it just, it's it's perfect. It's really well done. Yeah, so I think that that, and you know, sort of watching it, and again, I think to your point, it is definitely on the uh, the gorier side, which I which I all have always appreciated. You know, Fluffy as a monster, I think, is really uh, a, a great uh, a, a great makeup and a, a great effect. And the watching of the, in particular, uh, you know, the the janitor kill the sort of introduction, you know, the first thing, having that arm sort of bitten and sort of held in place, that look even just as the, as he's sort of got the life bleeding out of him down his arm, you know, in, in, in just when he's sitting there and then getting devoured, I think using the harsh red lights of that sort of, again, overblown kind of comic book panel style, um, you kind of cheat almost some of the gore, you kind of throw you into a bit of a, of a emotional state with it. Right, like you're you're sort of seeing red, right, which is terror, which is you know all that stuff and blood and so forth. And I thought that was a nice choice. Sting, yeah, this stinger too, yeah. The music is also, yeah. To your point, this score is very, very good. I think to the segment and a lot of the simple parts are piano. It's just a piano on its own, and it's and it's beautiful. It's haunting uh, at times. It's great, like the uh, the piano bit that plays as as she's going to the to the to the. uh, Amberson Hall while he's cleaning yes. up the blood and it's in her cup. It's just a fantastic little segment there. Absolutely. I thought that was great. I think, you know, Barbeau, I think I probably was a little more graded by her in this particular viewing. I think it was a little like extreme. <laughs> she is uh, a little over the top. It's a little much, right? But I love her snarl. Like she's just got such a fuck you attitude in every scene, in every moment. <laughs> Uh, and a real snarl of like, God damn it, Henry! Right? Like she's so she's playing it like to the where to God. Yeah, she's yeah. like she's yeah. phenomenal. But I remember just thinking like, God, I wish somebody would shoot her. You know? So yeah, I would have stopped. I guess yeah, it's the point. 
Um, but I, what I think is funny, and the only thing that sort of stuck out to me uh, that sort of most, because I do think it's it's very good, well-paced, well-put-together. It's got a great little kind of button ending. What I think is also just hilarious to me is that uh, how quickly <laughs> uh, Holbrook, Henry, can come up with the plan. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. like, like, it seems like they're talking about the situation for about five minutes, and he's like, I know. I'll use it to kill Billy. Like, yeah. you know, I'm it's like, it, to this thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so my only real complaint with it is uh, to your point, which I think is a great line at the end where he's talking about when she's getting eaten and saying, well, just tell her to call, tell it to call you Billy. Everybody does. <laughs> he says that about two minutes earlier when he's beating her against the crate. That's right. And That's I remember right. I, I wrote it in my notes saying that's hilarious, right? Like, yeah. just tell her to call you Billy, you bitch. I thought that's my <laughs> note. That's, I that's love my that. favorite line. I think it might be my favorite line. <laughs> yeah. And so I was disappointed that two minutes later he says it again as a bit of a button. Because I yeah, thought, well, no, I want one or the other because I think it's it's now it's almost and it's a bit of a nitpick, but it's I think a well, little bit too. To be uh, to be completely fair, I I will um, I love the whole I look. That to me uh, was so well executed. The fact that uh, to give them a moment where the thing doesn't attack. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Yes, that's great storytelling. Where you know he's he's finally getting the balls to do this. You know, you see that he's fantasizing about it. Here it is. He set it up. It's great, and he starts wake up dinner time. And yeah, he's like, well, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> He keeps screaming, poison meat, poison meat. <laughs> yeah, poison meat. Tell her, call him Billy, you bitch. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just so great. And then it fails. And he, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, How am I going to deal with this now? <laughs> you know? I got to answer to this. What happened, yeah, right? I got to fucking, now I got to explain this. Yeah. So, yeah. But then, you know, I was like, what happened? And that's the other thing is what happens if you, like, Dex was fucking crazy. And yeah. nothing was there. You set this up to yeah. you know feed your wife to this thing, and, and there's no thing. Yeah. So I think uh, I, I always laugh at that part. I thought it's great yeah. to have that. Uh, that I, was I, a I do like that. I like that they sort of spend the last sort of minute and a half, sort of just like understanding, like no, no, we're fine. All is well. It's going to be fine. Let's play some chess, and then ending with the with the eyes. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that's just like horror movie trope, but I, I love it. I think it's a beautiful, again, yeah. another panel, great way to end the. the it's a, yeah, and that's the thing. It's a great panel to end with, you know, you just have the eyes peeking out. Perfect. Yeah, still lurking. And, yeah. uh, you know, from there, uh, any last thoughts on that segment? No, I think we covered it. Well, that leads us to the last proper segment of the, of the movie, and it's uh, they're creeping up on you. And My God. This, this is terrifying at all times no matter what age i've ever seen it it scares yeah. the shit out of me as as a bug phobic person i do not like bugs i don't want to be around them uh i i do my best to stay away from them this movie this segment has always terrified me i don't think it'll ever not terrify me uh just seeing it's coming out of every orb like the food is where i get it it's still when, when he shakes the fucking cereal out and the bugs yep. That's a fear I have every day. <laughs> I yeah. Um, well, I am not even, I personally am not even a bug phobe. And yet it terrifies the shit out of me. And I agree with you. And, and we both grew up in a house with some ants, uh, yeah. uh, uh, problematic ants. And 
it's it wasn't unheard of to see these things in places that they shouldn't be seen. So I <laughs> yeah. think we I think I again kind of connected the two and uh, and gravit you know kind of connected those in the context of ants equals cockroaches and ants are everywhere and now you know and, and you could die from them right like so as a yeah, young impressionable exactly it it fucked me up and this was one that i was actually surprised at how short it was and also i don't think it needs to be any seconds longer you know where it's no. like this is a this is a 12 minute segment or whatever it is but like it doesn't need any more time uh no it, it gets fact, in and I gets mean, out very quickly you could probably shave a few minutes off it but it works at, at, at its length but yeah you don't need to extend it um I love the little, you know, the backstory. Uh, I like the little sort of side comments because you, re if you pay attention, there's some really cool little little packs and stuff that you can hear. Um, I love Mrs. Katz and Jammer. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I love that it's not her name. Like he's so disrespectful to her, and he's like Mrs. Katz and Jammer, knowing it's not her name. Yeah, uh, he's such a prick. Uh, uh, my, I gotta say, you know what? I said my favorite line was in the last. No, my favorite line is is uh, is uh, VP or whoever. <laughs> he says, he says, uh, go out and fuck somebody, but wear a damn rubber. Everyone's got the damn herpes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. That is a great line. Plastic line and just delivered with such fucking snarl. But I gotta uh, here. I do have to point out a couple. One. I don't know if they filmed this last or what happened, but what happened to the budget? Because this apartment, as much as he's saying it's great and it's fucking penthouse and all that shit, it's a shit. There's yeah. no color. It's all white. There's there's one shot where you just see a single white plastic chair against the wall. Yeah. There's no other furniture. There's just his computer super desk uh, yes. and the hermetically sealed bedroom and, and a kitchen uh, and everything is white and I'm the comfort like I, he's yeah. a germaphobe but is he a comfortable like is yeah i think i think the indication is the sterility is the key and that like how can we best signify that and maybe how can the contrast <laughs> the contrast of the roaches maybe do that but i agree it is a bit like well what the hell am i like this is now it doesn't even feel real it at doesn't all. look lived in is what i like here's a guy in a bathrobe <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like what does he do get up and go hmm, i wonder what i'm gonna do today maybe it's gonna sit at my desk and just sit there all day because there's nobody or maybe i'll sit in that other chair and stare at the wall yeah that exactly to be all that's going on it is, it is yeah it is definitely thin i would say this is obviously the thinnest of the segments there's not anything to it but the payoff i think is so good that it oh, doesn't matter it really is all about the infestation and when that happens it's not only grotesque but it's exhilarating and exciting and creepy and fucked up like it's probably it's still so good the easily top three uh, freakiest things still is that that uh, is the bugs coming out of him at the end. But 100%. A, great effect. Uh, the, the fucking makeup effect is fantastic. So good. Um, you see the, you know, you can see as they're pouring out of the chest, like breaking, starting yeah. to move. And, oh, just fantastic. There's nothing creepier than that. And it even begins with like the, the, the great little, uh, the head right like that sort of bladder they yeah. have at the top of the head and it's like oh my gosh right like it's sort of it breaks out of the goddamn skull almost right and then yeah it cuts to the rest of the scene it's a, it's amazing and i think it, it it touches on enough before it gets to the big blowout 
I think it touches on enough of those phobias, right? To your point, right? Like we're going to talk about the, 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 it's on your, your leg, right? And then, oh shit, I don't like that. Or it's on the counter or now it's in the bowl of cereal or not the bowl, sorry, the box of cereal. And so it's like, you're hitting all of those like big phobias, right? You pour it and oh my gosh. And then you also get it into the, into the blender, right? Or whatever that, that yeah. food processor. So it's like hitting all of the usual tropes of, uh, or not even tropes, but my, I, you know, the things I'm scared of, right? When it comes to bugs. And then yeah. you blow it out and it's like more than you could ever possibly imagine. I thought it's a great visual. The effects hold up very, very well. Uh, the last panel, again, you're looking at like four or five feet of yeah. bugs, of cockroaches in this hermetically sealed room. And one of the things that stuck out was it reminded me a little bit of Halloween 3 with the the the, the, the bugs kind the of camera, the silver camera lock. Yes. The, the helmet, uh, the, the masks, yeah. Which I thought was kind of neat. Um, so yeah, that's that's my general thought. It's 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 tight, it's succinct, but it's the it's the biggest payoff I think for for just creepy. And absolutely, and they do an amazing job at really kind of you know at the end of the movie you're kind of like yeah you know what this guy deserved it. <laughs> he definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely. So uh, that's sort of the last bit on that segment. Do you have any thoughts on the segment? No, that's pretty much it. Still scares the shit out of me. Yeah, absolutely holds up. Uh, and then that brings us to the really the, the end of the wraparound with the voodoo doll, with the payoff of that. Uh, the couple of garbage men, Tom Savini, of course. Uh, the lovable cameo by Sex Machine Tom Savini. Absolutely. Uh, it's a comic book. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great, a great performance. It's just fucking amazing. He saved it. He was like, if I've got one line, that's the fucking line I'm going on. Yeah, um, I'm going to own it. I love the idea. I love that that they're like, hey, voodoo doll. Oh, someone's already did. I love that little, and then, you know, the payoff right away. You see the yeah. dad with the sword. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Uh, again, there's not much to those wraparounds, but the comeuppance to the to the dad and the kid kind of gleefully poking is a, is a nice image and a memory uh, to have. So, uh, you know, I think as a whole, this movie uh, holds up. Uh, I probably could have shaved probably 15 over the tour, over the, the course of the, the whole movie, 15 minutes off, I think we probably would have tightened it up a little bit, but uh, still solid, still good stuff. If you're going into this movie, especially from now, you know, if you're an adult uh, or over the age of 13, um, go into it, you know, expecting a, an old EC comic style, uh, both in tone and, and an aesthetic, you know, with some not going to take itself too seriously. You go in looking for a series horror movie you may be a little disappointed but i think it, it holds up fantastically um and uh, and a great job uh, in early roles from uh ted danson and ed harris uh, with his yeah. uh, super dancing uh and uh you know great to see lessons which yeah. uh, i haven't done a whole lot of so yeah a lot of great stuff in this movie yeah, I was really impressed. Uh, one of the things I did notice on this watch, uh, we were talking last time about the fuck you on the back of the jacket. I noticed that the marble ashtray was in three of the four, of the five scenes, and I read later that the, all five have the ashtray. So I might have I to go actually, back and rewatch. I actually, I, I tried to look and I didn't spot them. I don't know, maybe I'm not paying attention. Where where did you see them? Well, there was one where in the, it was a the uh, in the in Pratt. Pratt's washing it. It's a soap dish used there. It was in uh, Leslie Nielsen's on his end table uh, at the uh, uh, at the bed. So those are the three okay. of the five. The first the one, obviously. I thought I saw it at the soap dish, but I it was yeah. I was kind of rushing as I was It's apparently it. in Jordy and in the crate, and I don't remember seeing them there. So something yeah, to rewatch it for. And uh, any audience members, if you missed it, go back and uh, and check it out. So that brings us to the end of this week's movie. 
uh, uh, we're happy to have shared it with you and uh, we'll see you next time. Have fun. <laughs>